This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. I am Angela, and I would like to add, I love what you said about Mother's Day, because I land in one of those crowds that Mother's Day has its other set of feelings. Boy, they're, they're just going to kick it off with vulnerable. Um, if Mother's Day is hard for you, I'd like to stand in solidarity with you, and as a wannabe mom, I would just like to honor you moms. I don't know one mom who doesn't give everything she's got to the job that she has. I don't know one who isn't pouring everything they have out on that role. And yet I don't know one mom who says that they feel equal to it or that they're killing it or they are enough for that job. I don't know one of you. So if today has some kind of mixed emotions for you, like Diva, I just want to honor you, and I want to stand in solidarity with you in whatever way that human connection can do. I think you're killing it. I think you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, good work. So uh, Sarah did an excellent job of wrapping up last week's teaching in case you missed it. And then the first week of this Fully Alive series talked about how we can sometimes be the walking dead. And at maybe 19 days left of school, anybody out here feeling a little bit like the walking dead? (laughs) Anybody married to somebody that's seeming to look a little like the walking dead? Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my word. I adore the Bible verse that this series is, um, based on. I adore this thing, but I, sometimes am confounded by it. So let's just go back through. There's one teeny tiny little verse that this series has been based on. Let's take a peek at that. It's John 10, 10. And this is Jesus talking, so you can count on this. I have come that they, that's us, may have life and have it to the full. Yes, I would love that. I would love that. The confounding part to me is the how. So, uh, we have laid out in the last two weeks that Jesus is the reason. Again, Sarah did a great job of recapping that Jesus is the reason. But I have found, as I have tried to press in at different times, that I am hit and miss. And I'm probably not alone in that. That I am hit and miss on whether or not I leaned into the right source. Like, I think I'm... Has anybody gone through what I've gone through where I spent a year praying my fanny off only to discover that I actually spent the year worrying instead of praying? Has anybody else done that? Maybe not a whole year, but (laughs) I missed it. Like, I tried to lean into this source of life, to have life to the full, and I didn't get it. And other times, I have leaned in, and I have temporarily felt it. But then life has hit, and it has fleeted away. I don't know if you can use fleeted in that sense. Fluted away? No, no. Fled. It just fled. It just fled away. And I'm sure, like me, you would like to know, how can I be fully alive full-time? Not like part-time living it up, like fully alive full-time. So that's what we're going to talk about today, because the answer is, of course, Jesus. Since we are at church, the answer is, of course, Jesus. So we're going to go to Jesus's words, but we're going to try to get into the practical nitty-gritty of how this works, and hopefully troubleshoot a little bit to avoid some of those year of worry when you think you're praying. So also in the book of John, so John, just in case you're not that familiar with the Bible, John is one of Jesus's followers and one of his besties. I don't know if boys have BFFs, but 
John was Jesus's bestie and was also known as one of the gentler souls of the disciples. You got Peter, who was like ready, fire, aim kind of a guy. And then you got Paul, who was all kinds of just fire, like just fire. And John was a sweetheart, a gentle-natured man. And so it's so fun today. We actually get to talk from John's lens multiple times. However, John is writing down a biography of Jesus's life. So regularly he's going to say, I, but he is quoting Jesus. And in this case, here it is as well. John 15, 4 through 7. Remain in me, that's Jesus, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. That last sentence to me sounds like a fully alive kind of sentence. Like, the world is your oyster. That is what I hear. And over and over, maybe uncomfortably so, he says, remain, 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 remain. And here in Sonoma County, this whole vine concept, yeah, we, we get that. Like, even if you're not into gardening, which I am not, it's not that hard. We are around it enough to know this whole concept of a branch breaking off from its original source. It withers up. So I just want to highlight a couple of pieces to this as just to help us resonate, even though we are from the wine country, just to help us resonate just a tiny bit. It starts with, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. I have confessed multiple times from this stage my addiction to self-reliance. I'm sure you can remember my sins, no problem. <laughs> But I don't, I don't believe I am alone in this. And this part of this verse, I resonate with a little bit more than I wish. That this idea of when I disconnect from the original source of life, then I really resonate with the rest of this verse talking about branches that wither. That apart from Jesus, I can bear some fruit for some time, but it's not sustainable. And I can bear some fruit, but it is a shadow of the type of fruit that I bear when I am actually attached to the original source, the original vine. No branch on its own can sustain fully alive full time. We have to be plugged in. And then it's also worth noting that we got to plug in to the right source, which Jesus is saying, just in case you're confused about this, it's a cheap knockoff if it's not me. Like you're gonna need me. But then I also love that he goes on and it says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. We all want to get to the end of our lives and look back and see that we've made a mark, that we have been significant in someone's life, that we have left a legacy of some kind. I love the fact that there's an if in the sentence and we all get the if. For sure we get the if. And my guess would be, most of us are pretty hard on ourselves. We probably resonate with the if of this sentence more than we resonate with the will of this sentence. Yeah? You will bear much fruit. But the question is how? Because I also really resonate with the withers. I have had so many burnouts in my life 
that's just a sad sentence. I had so many burnouts in my life that the last burnout that I had, I told God it was my last one. If you don't teach me how to do life differently, I am quitting this job that I was pretty sure was burning me out. Like, I knew it wasn't the job, but I didn't know how to go about this passion that I have in a way that wasn't an ebb and flow of burn bright and burn out. I did not know how to do that. I don't know what burns you out, but I know we struggle with this concept. This idea of withering is a real threat to most of us at different parts of life. So the question is, how can we be fully alive full time? Well, I had a funny little experience this last week. I've been in Georgia for 10 days. Has anyone seen the glory that is Georgia? Oh, I had no idea. I'm totally biased to Sonoma County, but I got over there and was like, hey, you have it pretty good. <laughs> it was lovely. But I spent 10 days in Georgia and I had packed up all of the requisite um, equipment that I would need for 10 days. And my husband even double checked me, which was awesome to help me do this. But this whole concept of plugging into the the branch to the vine got new meaning to me these last 10 days as I had an issue with my cell phone charging. So glorious Georgia, I was at two different conferences that just blew my mind. So I was constantly taking pictures of the trees that is Georgia. I was constantly taking pictures of the awesome worship that just was like, I have to capture this moment. And then I was taking pictures of the teacher's slides all the time. So I didn't have to take notes like modern me, like click, click, click. So I was constantly using my cell phone and it was constantly dying, constantly dying. And it took me a while to realize that the rental car that I was really counting on to, to uh, recharge my battery was not working. <laughs> oh, and I was in Georgia. I knew, didn't know where I was. I was using GPS all the time, like all of the time. So, of course, my husband packed me one of these because he's a good egg. Did I think of this? Nope. Could have plugged in here. Could have recharged any old time. I brought my own little cord that was good for me, and I plugged right into these fancy rental cars have USB ports, like, right in them. I didn't even have to use the cigarette lighter, which, is it even a cigarette lighter anymore? I don't know. And then, eventually, I figured out that my husband had packed me one of these. Bless his heart. This solved my problem. (laughs) So, I used the same exact cord, but I was plugged in to the wrong source. And when I realized it was like, oh, that's just funny. Like, that's just funny. Of course, it was six days into the 10-day trip. (laughs) But I did eventually figure out the right source. But so this is what this looks like in my world. And you will have your own version of what it means to plug in to the wrong source. Yesterday, I'm recovering from my trip, and I'm all kinds of excited about the fact that I have no appointments, and I can stay home and cozy in and just decompress. And yesterday was glorious, and it felt so good on my spirit. But how many times have you and I put all of our eggs in the basket of the day going according to plan, and then it doesn't go according to plan, and we lose our ever-loving minds? I don't know what you hold on to dearly. For me, uh, I believe it or not, I'm quite introverted. I hold on to alone time. And if you don't give me enough alone time, I have some kind of free pass that says it's your fault that I haven't had enough alone time. Brace yourself. <laughs> I don't know what it is that we substitute. You'll have your own thing that when you need to be pressing into the source, you're pressing into the wrong source. But fully alive 
means fully charged. Fully charged up. And some of that is self-care, but some of that is plugging into the right source intentionally, which is what we want to talk about today. So I'm going to go back to John. And in John 16, just a little later in the same biography, I, I loved this um, word of advice. So this, again, is Jesus's voice. And Jesus has just gone on to tell his disciples that tough times are coming. They're going to get persecuted. They're going to be excommunicated from their religious community. They're going to be ostracized. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be miserable. And so he says this, I have told you this so that when the time comes, you'll remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning. Doesn't he do that? Like he just, he doesn't, like we always want him to warn us so that we can prepare ourselves, which I read, we always want him to warn us so that we can be self-reliant when the moment comes. So we are ready. But I love, I, he's just overt about it. I didn't tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. You had access to the vine. But now that I'm going away, I'm going to the one that sent me. None of you asks me where you're going because you fixated. Rather, you have been filled with grief because I have told you the things that are coming. That makes some sense. That's what we would do too if he actually warned us about the stuff that was heading in our lives. But I'm telling you this, it's for your good that I'm going away, which just pause there for a second. The disciples had had access, daily access. If they had a question about what the blankety blank God was thinking when he did blink, they could just ask Jesus. They had full access to the vine in real time. But here is Jesus saying, it's for your good that I'm going away. How can you say that? We've had access to you. You just told us that life was going to get into the pooper right about now. And then you're saying, it's better that I'm going away. How does that line up? And I love this next part. This is how it applies to us. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's the Holy Spirit. And if you're new to church, maybe that is an unusual concept. But God has a way to put a piece of himself into us. Jesus was God in flesh, which meant he had to follow most of the rules that flesh has to follow. He could be in one place at one time. And he had a perishable body. So for the disciples, they were like, stick around. It's only been three years. We're not ready for you to go, especially if it's going to get as bad as you say it's going to get. Like, you have to stay put. But Jesus knew Listen, I am the vine, and it is awesome that we've gotten to share this time together. But it's going to be better for you if you receive this peace of God inside, inside of you. So that as you go through life, you have access real time, no matter where you are, at all times, in all circumstances, any time of day, any location in the world, you can plug in. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, then you'll receive that gift. You and I have access to that gift. If you have synced up your life with Jesus, if you have accepted him into your world, you carry with you a piece of God at all times. And the question is, how do we plug in to that piece How do we make that thing a living connection that allows the fully alive to be full-time? 
I want to pop over to Galatians for a second and read a verse that might be kind of familiar to you, but it's where I get a little bit tripped up. It's one of those troubleshooting things that I want to talk about because this verse is meant to encourage and inspire us, but I often plug into it in a different way. So Galatians 5, the acts of the flesh. Oh, spoiler alert. This is going to be ugly for just a moment. Like we're going to get done with the first part of this and you're going to be slightly depressed. So I'm sorry about that. Just hold on. It's coming. Hope is coming. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Nobody uses that word anymore, but it sounds awful. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Do we have some of that in our world? Do you experience some of that around you? I warn you, as I did before, that those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is not about heaven. This is about the misery that life can be when we do it apart from the vine. This is the natural result of us trying to live on our own, away from the vine. But the fruit of the Spirit, when you plug in, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law whatsoever. Now, if you're at all familiar with faith, this might be a verse that you are familiar with. And has anyone other than me tried to make these things happen in your life? I hear some chuckling. So this section, yeah. (laughs) I have absolutely pressed into joy. I have you heard the old adage, never pray for patience? Like, don't pray for patience. That is because we press in hoping to figure out how to be patient by exerting patience. But the Bible verse right before this says, here's what happens when you do that on your own. It goes all kinds of screwy. It goes all kinds of sideways and produces things that are hideous. And we're exhausted in the meantime. What I think is so hopeful about this verse, first of all, that is a picture of fully alive that I can get fully behind. I would like to be known for the gentleness with which I deal with people. Truth be told, I would like to be known for the gentleness with which I think about people. Because I treat people better than I think about people regularly. I want to be known for living at peace I want to walk through life at peace, no matter my circumstances. I want to live in hope on Mother's Day, no matter whether I ever get to be a mother or not. I want to be fully alive, no matter what my circumstances. I want to have joy on Mother's Day. I want to have joy on the Monday after Mother's Day. (laughs) I want to live this life. I want to live my best life. This is what I want. But what's so fun about this verse to me is the same thing as that previous verse where I resonate more with the if and the withers than I do you will bear much fruit. What's so fun to me about this verse is this is the fruit of the Spirit. If we will hang with the Holy Spirit, this is what we can expect. This is the will you will bear much fruit. The key is proximity, not self-reliance, not actions I need to do. The acts of the flesh produce this. 
when we hang with the Spirit, it produces this, which is the key point of what I would like to talk about today. It's not how much we put in. It's how often we plug in. So when I look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, the things that are supposed to come out when I am hanging around with the Holy Spirit, all I hear on initial glance is a list of nine things I need to add into my life, and then I will have my best life. If I will add in joy and patience and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, if I will add these things in, if I will put these in, then I will be fully alive. And the Bible is explicitly clear, but we miss it all the time. I miss it all the time. It's not how much we put in. It's how often we plug in. That is fully alive. That is fully charged. We're plugged in. So there's another verse in the Bible that I have twisted slightly as well that becomes a flesh thing as well that just keeps coming up as I think about this concept of plugging in. And I'd like to talk about it because I think there is a secret here. Well, at least I will tell you how I am applying it these days to see if that might be helpful to you as we troubleshoot. Don't try this. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Try this. Let's see how that works out. This is a tiny, tiny little verse. Two words. Pray continually. (laughs) So tiny. (laughs) But I think the secret sauce is in here. However, if you're like me, the next question is, are you kidding me? Are you ki- Do you know what I have going on in my head right now? Like, I no, I cannot pray continually. That feels actually, when I, at first glance, like a burden. That feels like a burden. Like, oh, gosh, okay, good Christians pray continually. So if you happen to be one of those people that think pastors have it all together and they are good Christians, then hear me clearly say, I mess this one up all of the time. I feel that like a burden. As opposed to what today's topic implies. So I would like to talk to you about what I am attempting to do in my own life for the last few years that has turned out to be this secret sauce. It is a marvelous thing that God is teaching me to do, to plug in. And uh, I, it is just about the connection, truly the connection. So when I say it's not about how much we put in, it's just how often we plug in. Here are some of the things that I have been doing to experiment with this idea. One is I'm tearing down my definition of prayer. That might be terrifying to hear me say from stage. But I've said a couple of times, we tend to define prayer as dear God and then everything else and then amen. That tends to be our definition of prayer. And if that is the case, we are in trouble with this idea of praying continually because we have things to do. (laughs) We have things to do. You have a job. If your boss walks in three times in tomorrow's schedule and is like, hey, how's it going? What's up? What are you working on? I'm praying continually. You're fired. Like, you know, I don't care how much <laughs> your boss might think your faith is awesome. That's not going to work. So one is tearing down my idea of prayer. That prayer at its essence is a conversation. That's it. At its essence. It is an honest conversation. I would say that as well. I've already confessed to you that I spent a whole year worrying when I thought I was praying. 
I was missing the conversation piece. I was legitimately worried about the things that were going on in my life, but I was not conversing at all. It was a monologue. (laughs) And another thing, I was letting God know where I was at. So it was honest, but it wasn't a conversation. And I'm inspired. If you if you are not that familiar with your Bible, and if you wonder if the Bible has a whole lot of perfect answers and it's all buttoned up and clean, then I would challenge you and uh, beg you to check out the book of Psalms, which, believe it or not, starts with a P. P-S-A-L-M-S. Am I saying that right? Okay, Psalms. The guy that wrote that was a poet was an artist's temperament for sure and had a broad range of emotions. I am inspired by several things in the Psalms. One, it is obviously honest. He is ticked off regularly. He expresses hopelessness. He expresses worry. He expresses every bit of the range of emotions. But you cannot miss that he is in a conversation with God. You cannot miss that he is going back and forth with curiosity about what God would say in response to his honesty. So one, I would say, reconsider your definition of prayer. Consider taking on the concept of prayer just being an honest dialogue. And two, I would suggest pulling out your biggest sense of curiosity I spent an entire year, and it was overlapping in some way with a year of worry. I spent an entire year being angry at God, but being unable to get curious about it because I felt so much shame for how angry I was. Who gets to be angry at God? Like, that seemed heretical to me. But I spent a year angry with God until I finally broke, and I got curious about what he thought about me being angry at him. And it was a game changer. It shaped my conversations with him from that moment forward. It shaped our relationship in a different way. It made it safe for me to be fully honest with him about where I was at. But the difference was, that was not the first time I had been mad at God. (laughs) The difference was, it was the first time that I brought my curiosity to the conversation. I genuinely wanted to know what he thought of my anger at him. And it shaped me. So when I say pray continuously, here's how that plays out. God and I chat. I work to keep that conversation going all day long. If you could somehow get into my head, I guarantee you would roll your eyes more often than I would want to see. Because the things that God and I chat about, are ridiculous. Like, they're, like, ridiculous. (laughs) But this concept, when I practice asking God what he thinks about that clunk that is in the back of the car that makes me worried about our finances, that makes me wonder how we're going to get around with one car if this car breaks down, when God and I are talking about the clunk in the back of the car, it makes it a lot easier for God and I to talk about anything else. When I am practicing asking God what he thinks about That meeting that I have, that I'm starting that day with that meeting, what do you think about that? Are you disappointed that I'm worried about this? Are you worried about this? Oh, that's been an amazing question for me. Are you worried about that meeting that I've got coming? It is so empowering to hear him say no. It's so empowering to get his opinion that curiosity makes a gigantic 
difference in the conversation. This pray continuously has looked like talking to him about anything and everything that I am encountering in my world. And it has caused his proximity, has caused a perspective change that opens up the door to find where I am being self-reliant, to find where his perspective is different than my perspective, where I might look at the pain of Mother's Day and feel hopeless about the future. And it is so comforting to hear his thoughts. I'm not there yet today. (laughs) We will, in the coming days, get on the same page about Mother's Day. But I am safe to have the conversation and safe to hear back. And I have not one time heard him say something that I could not handle. Not one time he is faithful. He is hopeful. He is empathetic. He is full of compassion. This pray continuously thing is a source of life that allows my circumstances to do this as much as life does it and allows my spirit to have a much smaller range of ups and downs. And being an artist temperament, I got high highs and low lows. (laughs) It is lovely to find a stream that is full of life and full of stability and full of the range of emotions, but is safe to swim in, to be fully charged up. So I'd like to give one practical thing, and we don't do this very often, but I'm going to suggest if you would like to pull out your cell phone, I'd like to tell you one little tiny practical tool that God has used that you might find helpful. So depending on what kind of phone you have, go to your Play Store or I... Apple Store or Google Play. There we go. Um, If you're comfy with your cell phone, there is an app called the YouVersion Bible app. It is put out by a church out in the Midwest, and it is incredible. So I'm going to walk you through a couple of just little quick how-tos so that you can launch your week if you want something to stimulate these conversations first thing in the day. I am using it to help me kickstart my day and wrap up my day with this conversation going because sometimes you just got to get started somewhere. So it's the version Bible app. That is the icon that you will see, that little um, Bible. Thank you. Um, the next screen is going to show you something that is at the bottom. Once you've installed this app, this will be at the bottom of every single page. Home takes you right back to the home. That seems obvious. Read is how you could look up any Bible verse that you want to look up in any translation that you want to look up. So if you want to just read your Bible straight, go for it. You have access to that. Plans, we will come back on in a second. Search allows you to search the Bible for things that you're like, where does the Bible say that? That's awesome. Um, But here's how I'm using it. I have signed up for their verse of the day. And it's just one Bible verse. That's it. It's not a whole passage. It's not a whole chapter. It's not a whole paragraph. It's one verse. And I have asked them to send me that verse at 6 a.m. So I kickstart my day just I am on do not disturb you guys. That's a sales call. You gotta be kidding me. All right. Uh, so I have signed up for a verse of the day and it arrives at 6 a.m. and I just chat with curiosity with God. What do you mean by this? How could this be in there? Well, how, what, how does that fit? Does this apply to me? Is this just a feel good verse that you just want me to soak in? I just chat with him about that verse to kickstart my day. And then I let myself ruminate on it throughout the day. 
So Cassie, can you show them what that will look like? That's that next screen. So this week, uh, I think it was Thursday, Romans 1, 20 was the verse. Forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Oh, my word. I chewed on that thing all day long. I loved it because to me, this speaks to the part of me that loves nature and sees God in nature. But it begged the question about Sonoma County and their ability to see God, whether they are religious or not. So I just chewed on it. I loved it. So here's another thing that Version does. I have also signed up for 6 p.m. to receive the same exact Bible verse, but in image form. Cassie, that's that next screen. So they just make it look pretty. I love that it brings it right back up on my radar. So here, let me show you how you set this up in case this is new to you. In the top right-hand corner of the home screen is a profile button. That's that one on the left. I hit profile. The three little dots is where you can find notification settings. And then if you'll switch to the next screen, this is what you can sign up to have push notifications. And if you're confident on a smartphone, then you probably understand what that means. All that means is that my phone pushes these alerts to me, right? Just like I receive text messages and things like that. It just pops up on my phone. And I have chosen to have the verse of the day texted to me at 6 a.m. in that translation, and then the verse of the day image to be sent to me at 6 p.m. in English. Thank you, you version. <laughs> I appreciate that. But one last thing you may want. So a verse day is just a great way to start the day plugged in and wrap the day plugged in and just have a conversation as the day goes on. But if you want a little bit more than that, version also offers a thing called plans where they will actually lay out for you a reading plan. So the next screen is a whole bunch of categories. Whatever is relevant to you at this time of life, they have reading plans to help you plug in on topics that you're already thinking about. Why not get a little bit of stimulation to help you keep the conversation going with God and experiment with this idea of praying continually. So as I wrap up, I just want to remind you, it's not how much you put in. These verses of the day are not the secret sauce. The plans are not the secret sauce. It's not how much we put in. It's how often we plug in. Being fully alive is being fully charged up. Have a blast experimenting with that this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.